For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code. Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. (laughs) Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker here with you to break down some play-in basketball matchups and get ready for, hopefully for the Clippers, an extension into the NBA playoffs. But uh, a lot to talk about here on this episode here this week. Of course, looking back at playing game one, looking forward to playing game two tonight. Uh, so Alex, how you doing over there? I'm doing solid, man. Doing really good. Nice sunny day today. Everything's good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as we get ready today, obviously tonight, Clippers take on the New Orleans Pelicans in a do-or-die matchup for the second play-in game. Uh, but before we get there, uh, let's take a look back to, to Tuesday night when the Clippers took on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ended up being a 109-104 loss for the Clippers. Um, you know, an, an interesting game. It definitely had a big-time playoff feel in terms of the atmosphere, the physicality, uh, the intensity. Uh, all those things were present. Uh, and you could kind of see it in the game, in the way the game was played with uh, you know, not necessarily the the rhythm and flow that you would necessarily see from from either ball club. But with all of that said, Clippers had a ten point lead in the fourth quarter. They obviously did a great job in shutting down Carl Anthony Towns and frustrating him, and, and ultimately making him foul out. But it was a uh, it was the other guys for the Timberwolves. You know, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell with, with the scoring, and then of course. Uh, you know our guy Patrick Beverly, who was <laughs> had his hands in everything uh, in in that ball game. So, so, so what did you see in the matchup? Where you know it's a game where you mentioned the Clippers probably had opportunities to extend their lead further a number of times, but just could never throw that that knockout punch and, and ended up you know taking the tough loss. No, like you said, just they 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 actually had a uh, a way of actually executing and getting it done. You know, but it was too early of an advantage for our Clippers to actually hold on to, you know. And um, those guys never had a run as far as the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, 
you know, they all about, you know, brute grit and, and force of actually clawing their way back into the games. That's what they're known for, you know, and that's how they got to this point right now, you know. And um, I, I seen Townsend actually getting up the shots that he normally makes. Um, I seen at the end of the actual, you know, interview, he said, you know, they didn't bother me. It was just the shots that I missed. So that's one of those things that's kind of come into a play where, you know, we, we did a great job. We, we had him, you know, which is one of the key players to actually not let him get off. But then, unfortunately, you know, you got Edwards, who's an elite scorer, three-way scorer. You got Russell, who's a proven veteran on the court as well, too. And they led the team, unfortunately, you know, um, not the way we wanted to see it, see it in. Yeah, but, it, you know. Yeah, it was interesting because I think Ty Lue alluded to to what you were mentioning as well that you know the the game plan for the Clippers was clearly surrounded around Carl Anthony Towns, and in, in that regard, you know they shut him down completely. You know he was way off his game. Obviously, you mentioned the foul trouble. Uh, you know, never really seemed to to get a rhythm, and then clearly seemed flustered where. A lot of his fouls were foolish fouls, just forcing the issue. So they, you know, they had him off his game, and, and as you said, got him to foul out. And it was really at that point, you know, they're up ten midway through the the fourth quarter. Towns goes out, and it's something ironically we've seen the Clippers do to other teams a lot, where Minnesota they go small, they've got long, rangy wings that can defend as well, and it kind of, at least for that one game serve them better in terms of their ability to attack the Clippers, especially defensively, and make things hard for them. So just for that one game, obviously, the Timberwolves are, are a much better team with Towns, but in this one matchup, it, it played to their favor, it seemed like, uh, when he went out of the lineup. It did. It did. You, you know, I was thinking about that, too. When he did come out the game, they were actually a little bit free to space up. They weren't waiting on him to post and do all those things like that. So the, the court was a lot open for, you know, um, uh, these key guys to actually get to the to the to the hole and penetrate. Uh, they didn't have no weaknesses at all because everybody can actually handle the ball at a high level. So um, that was a that was kind of an advantage, but a disadvantage once we actually saw that we got what we wanted at that point. You know, of, uh, getting Townsend out the game. Yeah, and especially defensively too. I think that was just as big as as anything with Townsend on the offensive end in that ball game where. Mentioned Minnesota's ability to, to switch things. Vanderbilt, McDaniels, a lot of long defenders out there where the Clippers were not only flustering and, and making it tough for Towns when he had the ball offensively, but they were constantly putting him in the action in the pick and roll, making him defend on the perimeter, making him read and, and switch. Uh, and, and those things were obviously helpful to the Clippers when they were on the offensive end. So I think that yeah. being taken out of the game late in the game saw one of those those scoring droughts, which the Clippers have had from time to time this year, but you know clearly it was it was an inopportune time to have one. But you know you credit Minnesota for making those adjustments, and the Clippers just weren't quick enough to, to respond on their end. No, for sure, and I think that's what one of the things that we said uh, if we were able to face Minnesota on uh, the last podcast. You know, bringing him out, drawing him to pick and rolls up early, and attacking him. You know, on the downhill. Um, and it worked to our favor for sure and getting him in foul trouble, um, having the guard quicker guards that he was not used to guarding and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just yeah. unfortunate. I just I just love Pat Beverly's energy like he won the championship game <laughs> after the end of the game. Man. What do you think about this, Jess? What's going on with you guys, man? Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk about that. And 
I, I don't think there's anyone, you know, it might might have stung in the moment for, for Clipper fans to just for the, the sheer fact of, of losing a tough game. But I think that pretty much all of Clipper Nation still loves and supports Patrick Beverly. So, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a twinge to where you're kind of smiling in that moment being like, all right, he, you know, that was clearly a big moment for him. You know, he wanted a contract extension. The Clippers, you know, rightfully or wrongfully, you know, felt he obviously had injury, you know, history concerns, um, you know, issues getting a little bit older, durability, all those questions that, that are definitely valid. But, you know, Beverly, uh, you know, decided that, hey, if you, what, do you, what he said, if you can't pay me, then you got to trade me. And, he, you know, they ended up trading him. He gets to face his former team, so you understand the emotion there. You know, he's still close with a lot of the guys that, that he just beat in cold week after the game as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's just the Patrick Beverly experience. Um, you know, the play-in game is, is something that's new where it's like an NCAA tournament. It's a one-and-done type thing. So I think in that regard, the, the energy's amped up a little bit. Uh, it's also Minnesota, a franchise that... This is their second time in the playoffs in the last 18 years. So I, I think there's a lot that, that goes into it. Um, you know, whether it was slightly over the top or not, I, you know, I, I don't really have a problem with it, especially, especially with it being our guy, Patrick Beverly, and, and knowing what, what he's had to go through through his career and, and, again, what Minnesota's had to go through. So they won the game. They earned the right to, the right to celebrate however they want. So, you know, it's up, it's up to the Clippers to – you know, shake that off and try to get ready for, you know, another game tonight. No, for sure. Pat, Pat's our guy, man. I mean, he, he plays with emotion and heart and adrenaline and he leaves everything on the floor. And that's why one of the reasons why we loved him to be a Clipper. And and um, it definitely sucked to actually see him leave because you, you would love to have a, a guy like that on your team. And I remember one of the podcasts we said was like, uh, you know, wherever Pat goes, he's going to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to bring that fire and that energy no matter what. And I think any team is going to love to have that um, as their upside for sure. Um, so, yeah, hats go off to the Minnesota Timberwolves as well as my guy Pat Beverly, who, who's done a phenomenal job leading those guys just for the first year that he's been in there. And, um, you know, it shows. You know, that's something that they needed and um, uh, on their team for sure. So, it was, it was awesome, but at the same time, it was a little bit too much extra, I would say, for my book, but, you know, un- understandably so. Um, it gives an opportunity uh, for these playing games for, you know, teams that are uh, under the radar to, you know, sneak into the playoffs for sure. So they took advantage full, full throttle. Yeah, it was funny on, on TNT after the game, seeing Shaq and Chuck you know, laughing in, in tears and <laughs> playing the fake championship music and all that. So, you, you know, jumping on the scores table, throwing the jersey, tears and everything. Is... Him slowing down, crying and everything. <laughs> it, was yeah, it was a lot. But as you said, that's the that's the Pat Bev experience. So, you know, you, yeah. you take what comes with it, the, you know, the good and the bad and the extra. And, and obviously he played a big role in them winning that game. So, you know, cre- credit to him and, and props to, to Minnesota on the win. Um but yeah, the Clippers obviously have another game to look forward to now against a Pelicans team that they just saw recently. Were able to kind of get the monkey off their back in terms of getting a win against the Pelicans. They had lost five straight to them. They beat them one nineteen to one hundred just about ten days ago. So they get at least the confidence going into that matchup against New Orleans. Um, you know, what do you think of the matchup between the two? And obviously, the Clippers in this game 
will be at home rather than on the road like they were last time. But what do you see in this matchup between the Clippers and the Pelicans? Man, I, I don't, I don't, I see a mirror, uh, another, another Clipper body in the mirror. You know what I mean? If that made sense, like it's yeah. the same team in a way. Um, the only advantage we got is playing at home. You know, that's the that's the biggest thing I, I say. Where we at home, we comfortable playing there, and you know. But these Pelicans, these guys is nice, man. You know, um, fortunately they don't have their star, star player. One of their star players, Zion. We don't have Kawhi there, which is, you know, unfortunate. But at the same time, they're still an elite team. And they have a lot of weapons for sure. Um, it's going to be a hell of a match matchup. I don't think anybody's going to back down. Um, and they want to actually clinch the playoff spot for if they can. You know, so it's going to go down to the wire for sure. But I think the, the Clippers is going to pull through. Yeah, it's a really interesting matchup. And, and for the Clippers, I think there are a few keys for them to to really ensure that they can come out victorious in this game. And I think one big one is definitely offensive rebounding. Because you look at New Orleans, even in the last matchup where the Clippers won pretty handily, New Orleans really hurt them on the boards. We know the Clippers can have a lot of success when when they go small as a lineup. New Orleans plays kind of a a jumbo-sized big lineup, which is rare these days. But, you know, they're starting five. The only real small guy out there is C.J. McCollum. And then you've got, you know, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Jackson Hayes, and Valanchunas. So it's really two centers, two long forwards, and then one guard and McCollum as their starting five. So that's a it's an interesting lineup, but it's one that's worked really well for them. So I think for the Clippers, yeah. you know, the ability to put a body on someone and prevent a lot of second chance points and kickouts for, for open threes off misses, uh, that's gonna be a huge key in this ballgame because yeah, you know, New Orleans is not shy about attacking that offensive glass and really trying to make you pay with second opportunities. No, for sure. And tip is Hayes is definitely um, huge on that. You know what I mean? They, they don't run the offense through him. But he's a gazelle out on that fast break, and he's catching everything off the lobs and off the putbacks and stuff like that. And he's slipping, slipping the screens really well. You know, I've, I've seen him develop even in the G League. Hayes has been a phenomenal pickup for those guys. He's another avatar to add to Ingram as well, too, that, that's just extremely long and linky and hard to get around at the same time that can jump out the gym. So these guys collectively are, are built to actually, you know what I mean, crack the rotation as far as a, a playoff team. You know, and you got McCollins, who's, you know, they just picked up. That's a key piece for them that's helping tremendously as being a role player, I mean, a star player for them. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to be – all the way around, built around, it's going to be a collective team unit where um, you just got to be prepared to guard you know, everybody on the wing for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think the key guys to guard, obviously, are, are the big names where you mentioned C.J. McCollum. You know, he, you know he's going to come ready and is always a pretty big-time performer when, when the, the bright lights are on. So, you know, guarding McCollum, obviously Brandon Ingram, Clippers did a great job in their most recent matchup against him, but Ingram, another prolific scorer, and then I think inside, uh, you know, Jonas Valanciunas, who Clippers did a great job last time, but, you know, he had a game earlier this year where he went wild and hit seven threes. You know, that's not really normally his forte, but just another thing yeah. you, you have to watch out for. He's more normally attacking inside on the glass and the paint, but, you know, not losing track of him and giving him wide open shots on the perimeter as well. I think those three guys are, are the keys. You're not going to obviously shut down all of them, but... You know, finding ways to to make life difficult, particularly on on McCollum and Ingram, where 
you know, this is what the Clippers really built their their whole team around. You know, we talk about the, the versatility, the wings, the the wingspan, the defense. You know, all of these guys that they have with Paul George, Batum, Covington, Terrence Mann, so on and so so forth. Uh, these are the guys that they have to try to make life difficult on these big time scorers. And I think, if anything, McCollum, who we know is, as we said, is going to get his points regardless, but. You know, a smaller guard, if you can put a lot of length on him, try to make it difficult. Ingram, you know, Clipper, he's obviously, as we said, big and long as well. But you have the guys to really match up with him size and physicality-wise. I think if they can force those guys into, you know, tough, contested mid-range shots, which, granted, they hit those shots a lot. But, you know, keep the, prevent the open threes, prevent getting to the rim, make them hit well-contested jump shots. I think that could be a you know, a big key if the Clippers are locked in defensively. No question, for sure. And I think it's going to be execution as far as the, for the coaching staff, too, as well. How, how well they're going to get these guys ready. Um, it's going to come down to coaching, you know, and um, that's going to be a huge key piece. Tyrone Lewis then done a phenomenal job for what he has right now, and um, he's, a, he's a really smart guy as far as, you know, uh, the X's and O's for sure, but just getting these guys um, ready to go from the jump and, and not lacking at all. It's unfortunate, man. Like, like we talked about them having a 10-point lead and then just, like, letting it go through their hands. I know we're in the league and that happens a lot, but, you know, at these points where, where a game is needed and you have that advantage, you got to figure out ways to actually, you know, winning, you know, at the end of the day, you know, and getting it, getting it done for sure. No question. You know, that's a game, you know, we talk about giving credit to Minnesota, but that, that, that is a game the Clippers should have closed out and won. You know, they had turnovers. Most of their turnovers came late in that final eight minutes. They had missed shots, a couple missed layups. You know, there were, there were a lot of things that they could have done better and done differently to, to close out that game. And you look back at that Minnesota game, too. You know, one happened at the end of the first quarter, one at the end of the third quarter, but you give up, you know, two buzzer-beating three-pointers in a game you end up losing by five. Uh, you know, especially especially the one at the end of the third quarter when you had just pushed the lead back out to nine off a made free throw, and then let them go down the court, and then getting a wide open three to cut the lead down to six uh, to start the fourth quarter. You know, things like that make a huge difference. I think you know if Minnesota doesn't hit that three, and you go into the fourth quarter with a nine point lead, you might be building instead of a ten point lead later, you know, a 15, 17 point lead, which might be much tougher for Minnesota to overcome. So I think. You know, attention to detail in all of those little moments is so so important. It's so important, yeah. Mentally, it is, for sure. Yeah, and, and what do you think of what the rotation looks like for the Clippers? You know, we saw, of course, you're going to see the starting five, you know, get a lot of minutes. But, um, you know, and, it's, and as you said, it's hard to question T. Lou with, you know, he's always willing to make the adjustment, always makes the right moves. But it did seem like maybe yeah. a, maybe a few more minutes for for Norman Powell, who looked phenomenal, uh, for Robert Covington, who we know how good he's been on both ends of the floor. I think more minutes for those two guys going forward would, would be huge for the Clippers. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, something something to, to take note of as well. You know, the Clippers clearly missed the shooting of Luke Kennard, who was out with that hamstring injury. Yeah. You know, he's questionable for tonight, so if he's able to go, you know, that provides them another boost and another big-time shooter. But uh, what do you think about kind of those rotational decisions, and especially going forward for this New Orleans matchup? 
No, I think you, Luke Kennard is huge. You know what I mean? He's not just a guy that can just spot up and shoot threes or just catch and, catch and turn off corners. Like, he can put it on the ground. He can execute. He can draw double team. He can kick it out and make good reads for sure. Um, but the key thing is, is, is power. You know, I say that as far as him just being a two-way player that can actually defend. So he's going to have his hands full. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they started him on McCollins. Um Straight off from the from the jump, you know what I mean, and, and seeing if he can actually, you know, stay in front of him early and uh, getting him going because it, it goes both ways, you know what I mean. You want actually somebody that that uh, McCollin has to guard as well too, so he's not resting at all by no means. I think if um, you put Batum on him, um, he can be able to a little get some rest, and you know, on the other end of the court for sure, because Batum is not so much of a threat, but more so a threat on a on a defensive standpoint, for sure. So I would probably switch those out if I was a coach. That's all I would say, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Norman Powell, as we said, I think 27 minutes in the game against Minnesota, had 17 points, had a lot of those points early in his first stint. Uh, didn't see yeah. the ball in his time as much in the second half. But, you know, especially when he and Paul George are sharing the floor together and, you know, depending on what other guys are on the floor as well, it just brings so much firepower. And I think we see just how just how good Norman Powell has become, honestly, as a scorer, getting to the basket, just being a lights-out three-point shooter, and having the ability to bring it on the defensive end. So, you know, I agree uh, in terms of Powell with a lot more minutes. I don't know if Ty's going to go with a switch in the starting lineup, but as we said, he's never been afraid to to mix things up uh, regardless. So uh, that'll be really interesting to see. I, yeah, I think Powell should play more starting or not. Um, and then we mentioned, you know, a guy like Covington, especially in a matchup with a lot of the length that we mentioned for for New Orleans and Ingram. You know, even guys like Herb Jones, who who looked really good in the game against San Antonio and, and New Orleans' is playing game. Um, so, you know, more more minutes for Covington. And then, as you mentioned about Kennard, uh, you, know, you know, I was at that game against New Orleans a few weeks ago, you know, to see that in person. And that was one of those games where, Luke Kennard was a huge factor. And as you said, it was more than just catch and shoot. It's just the gravity that he creates on the floor where, you know, if he's open, he ended up, you know, he was the number one percentage-wise three-point shooter in the entire league this year. So if you leave him open, you know, that's a three, that's a bucket. Um, he, He provides that. And then even when he's on the floor not shooting, there's just so much attention to him that it opens up the rest of the floor for everyone else and all the other shooters. So... Hopefully, Kennard is able to go as well because I think that would give the Clippers a big boost and and clearly add not only just another shooter but another sniper type shooter for the Clippers to to try to break down that New Orleans defense. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We need everybody, man. Everybody, <coughs> everybody, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no question about it. So uh, it should be a really fun matchup. Uh, obviously, the Clippers need to win this one to to get into the playoffs. Um, you know. We'll break down fully the the second playing game uh, after we get the results of that one and get that to you in our in our next episode very early next week as well. But you know, if the Clippers are able to get past New Orleans, we know that there's only one option now for for the first round. Winner of this game gets the eight seed and the Phoenix Suns in the first round. Uh, just your impressions on if the Clippers were able to beat the Pelicans, what that matchup versus the Suns would look like. We know we saw it in the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, Clippers didn't have Powell and Covington and those guys would still obviously, well, maybe, maybe be without Kawhi Leonard. That's still, you know, if he came back, that's a whole nother level of things. But 
uh, the matchup against yeah. the Suns, who have been, you know, the best team in the league all year. No, for sure. <laughs> the Suns is a complete team. It's not like a, it's not like a, they're trying to put the pieces together and hopefully they'll fit. These yeah. guys are a complete team. And, and they'll have home court advantage as well, too. And they're not losing at home. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to actually juggle those key factors that are, that are, that they have as far as an advantage. Um, I, I don't know, man. You know, I, I was trying to actually think ahead. I know it's I know it's ideal, but we have to lock in this one game. But, I, I mean, like, you can't escape the fact that you got a monster ahead of you um, just trying to sneak into the playoffs, you know what I mean, and, and get by from that standpoint alone. Um, the next wave is, you know, a tsunami as far as the Suns and what they bring. And uh, those guys are gelling, man, are all similar, for sure, so. Um, Booker hats off to him um, the way he's been playing he really found a way how to actually win and actually get his off to as well so uh, these guys are just extremely hungry yeah I mean there's no question that Phoenix would be favored you know as you mentioned they're, they're the best team in the league right now as you said they're kind of yeah. a well-oiled machine and they just really click on both ends of the floor with with Chris Paul and Booker running the offense and a lot of those other guys on the wings who, who can score as well. Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, you've always got Aiton inside. So as you said, it's, it's a complete team. Um, for the Clippers, you know, I do think they have enough talent to make that a really interesting series. It's just kind of the same story that we've, we've heard all year long and seen all year long. It's do they have enough time to build the continuity to, to be ready? As you mentioned, Phoenix... You know, they've been healthy, they've been whole outside of the injury to Paul, which he's been back from for a while, you know, pretty much all year long. They are obviously a group that knows each other very well. Talent-wise and personnel-wise, I think the Clippers could match up pretty well in making that a tough and long series, but it's if you have the, the pieces gelling together at the right time with, is there enough time or has there been enough time for, for Paul George and Norman Powell to share the floor for... Covington and all of these new guys who have been here for a short amount of time and some have been injured, some have been in and out of the lineup, you know, just having enough time with a full group healthy, I think is the biggest factor in that matchup to see if the Clippers could could make it a really competitive and tough series for Phoenix. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no I, doubt. I, I mean, prediction-wise, though, I think we'll, we'll crack maybe, you know, a couple, I don't know. We're going to win a game. I'm going to say that for sure. Definitely not going to go out like no punts. Definitely going to win a game more than anything. I think so. Yeah. No, as you said, there's a, there's a lot of confidence in in the team and especially Ty Lue and what he's able to do. Uh, so, yeah. it, it you know, I wouldn't put it past the Clippers to make that a really, really interesting series. But as you said, they've got to get there first. So uh, they got <laughs> they got to win this New Orleans game here tonight. Um you know, before we, we wrap things up and sign off, I know we've talked at length about the matchup in general, uh, but do you have, you know, one key or one specific thing you're looking for tonight for the Clippers to, to get past New Orleans and officially get themselves into the playoffs? Um, one key thing to actually get them going, coming off strong, man. That's the, that's my, I mean, that's the, that's the all see all be all thing. Um, just coming off strong, ready, ready to play. I think leaving it all on the floor, acting like this is probably the last game you're ever going to play this year, you know. And going from that point on, you can't lose, you know. It, it, it's going to definitely show. So 
just coming out strong, ready to play, um, aggressive from the jump, attacking these guys head on, and, and actually trying to make them call the first time out. That's the most important thing, actually getting them going and seeing you guys, seeing that ball go in the hole, um, not settling for jump shots. And that's the that's the that's our main slump right there is what we do, the Clipper basketball tend to do, is settle for jump shots and thinking that, you know, we need to make threes. No, we don't have to. We can attack the rim. We can get to the hole. We can, you know, find mismatches, high lows, and stuff like that. So use our advantage in figuring out what that is early as hell. Yeah, no, I like that. That's important. Uh, we've seen, you know, as good as this Clippers team is it coming back, uh, you never want to put yourself in a hole, especially in a playoff-type game. In a one-game scenario like this, uh, everything is important and everything matters. So getting off to, to a quick start would be huge. So hopefully hopefully that's the case for the Clippers. Uh, regardless, we're going to be here to break it down, win or loss, uh, hopefully a win, and hopefully we'll have a full preview of, of what a first-round matchup with Phoenix would look like on the next episode but Alex appreciate you you tapping in and, and let's enjoy a, a fun second playing game here tonight most deaf let's get it so that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast as always if you enjoy the show please rate review and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcast we are available everywhere so Clippers and Pelicans big time win or go home play in game tonight 7pm on TNT we will all be watching Clippers trying to advance into the playoffs and get a first-round matchup and rematch with the Phoenix Suns. We'll see if they can do it right here on the Believe in Clippers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.